This is Frontline Leadership, and I'm your host, Tim Williams. I'm a 25-year veteran of the electrical construction industry. I've worked in the trade as an apprentice, a master electrician, and a project manager. Now, at 38 years old, I found myself stuck, spinning my wheels, wanting more. But I had no idea how to get more or how to become more. Now, if this sounds like where you are right now, stuck, then we're going to talk about the things that helped me get unstuck and moving forward and see if that might benefit you. And I was thinking back to one of the many projects that I'd led, and a particular superintendent for a general contractor came to mind named Mike. Now, Mike was somewhere in his late 50s or early 60s at the time that I met him, but he came up in the construction industry in the time that superintendents were bullies. And they pushed their subcontractors around. Now, Bob learned from his mentors before him, and he took that same attitude and persona and, and just carried it carried it on with him. I don't think that there was a day that didn't go by on that project that Mike didn't dish out some sort of abuse to a subcontractor or his own men. His favorite phrase was, you better tell your boss to get some more help out here. I'm going to cover you up. I'm pouring concrete tomorrow or I'm, I'm hanging drywall tomorrow. You know, he also, he also drove his own laborers nuts as well because every day they would get mad at him and, and they would be like, I'm going to quit. I'm not coming back tomorrow. You're going to have to find somebody else. So I couldn't tell you how many days I got, got upset with, with Mike and lost my cool. I absolutely dreaded going to that job site every day in the beginning. You know, I mentioned it to my boss at the time and just kind of asking him for advice on how to deal with this kind of guy. And he said, well, best thing you can do is just man up and stand your ground. He'll eventually respect you. Well, that's not how I was cut. So I had to figure out something else. You know, it was usual that about all the guys would leave the job site for lunch, except for Mike. And I would always brought my lunch and I was sitting in the truck and just so I could clear my head, you know, get away from the job site for a little bit. Michael would always grab his lunch and carry it in the building. And one day I saw him carrying his lunchbox in in a small case that appeared to be about the size of a violin or a mandolin. So I, I, I thought, okay, this guy's into music. This might be my way to be able to to connect with him and maybe get him off my back for a little while. I played acoustic guitar and enjoyed music in general, and I decided to grab my lunch and, and followed him in. And I heard a mandolin playing, and I went and sat down beside it. I finished my lunch while he played, and, and then we talked a little bit, and I found out that he'd been taking lessons and, and been playing with some guys at church. But he never really had time to practice at home much, and, and when he did, it was difficult because he didn't have anyone to play with. So I said, Mike, I might be able to help you out with that. As long as you don't mind a mediocre guitar player to practice with, maybe we could practice at lunch or a little while after the day was over with. And I saw Mike smile probably for the first time I'd ever seen him smile on that job. Maybe even the biggest he'd ever smiled. And he said, you know, he said, Tim, I appreciate that. I saw his whole attitude change towards all the subs on that project in just a matter of days. Now, he still was pretty hard on them, but my crew got a phenomenal amount of leniency, and we pretty much controlled the entire pace of that project from there on out. 
I did learn something from Mike that probably impacted me more than my time with him did. And that is, in order to lead, you have to connect. In order to connect, you have to care about the other person's interests, their dreams, their hopes, and their desires. You know, by simply showing interest in something that Mike truly cared about, I was able to work with him and lead on a level that I probably would have never been able to. Unfortunately for Mike, he was stuck in a positional leadership mindset, and he relied on his position for respect, and many times he would use threats to make people comply with what he wanted done on his timeline. Positional leadership is the first and the lowest level of leadership. It gives that person a title, and most people will identify with that title just because of the way the organization's policies and procedures work. But true leaders aren't meant to stay there. You know, some issues with positional leaders are they often do not work well with others. Their people are just seen as a way of getting to an end goal. Like Mike, they want to throw their weight around with idle threats or constant verbal abuse, and they can't seem to form a plan that benefits everyone and forms a vision so everyone can work together. You know, out of all the things that I have learned about leadership, the most important is it's a process. It's not something that you can just go to a seminar or or take a course or read a book and bam, you're a leader. To my knowledge, there's no such thing as a leadership microwave, although it seems like we've got a bunch of microwave leaders jumping around here everywhere these days. It's something that takes time. Just like making chili in a crock pot. Now let me tell you, I'm pretty well known amongst my family and friends for my homemade chili. While I do have a few secret ingredients, my real secret is it cooks in a crock pot on low for a minimum of six hours. Could I make it on a stovetop in 30 minutes? Of course I could. But it's nowhere near as good. Becoming a leader is just like that. It develops daily, not in a day. You develop your influence over time by what you do for others, not for what they do for you. Titles make no difference. Who the person is and what he or she does is really what matters. What do you think our leader's greatest asset is? It's their people, of course. Forget the position. If you want to get things done, You need people. And this makes people a leader's and an organization's most valuable asset. You know, then there is this myth that a leader needs to have all the answers. And if they admit it, admit they don't, then that's a weakness. Now, I'm here to tell you that is the furthest thing from the truth. I remember a story from a good friend of mine that was called in to work on a burned-out control cabinet, and it was all DC wiring. Now, mind you, most electricians are usually trained solely on AC voltage. We have very little experience with DC. Now, when he was asked by the customer if he ever worked on DC before, he looked and said, Yes, sir, we sure have. Now, his apprentice was standing there next to him and just kind of looked at him with amazement. And after the customer left, his apprentice said, 
when have we ever worked on DC? The electrician said, well, you know what? We've changed batteries in a flashlight. It can't be much different. He didn't have all the answers, but yet he admitted to not knowing full on what they're about to get into. So it's okay to admit you don't know it all and don't have all the answers. A true leader, they're secure enough to say that he or she doesn't know. And more often than not, if you do that, you're going to strengthen your relationship with your followers by being vulnerable. And it's also going to build trust with them. But if you constantly stretch the truth or act as if, then you're going to start losing credibility, not only with other people, but with yourself. Now, I taught in the electrical apprenticeship program for the Independent Electrical Contractors Association for quite a number of years. But I found out quickly in my first year of teaching that these students could serve up a crow sandwich like no other, especially for a new teacher. I had no formal training as a teacher. I had no curriculum. All I had was a few textbooks, the National Electric Code, and my job was to prepare these students to take the journeyman exam. And this was well before my introduction to leadership and the concept of personal growth and development. So, honestly and truly, my philosophy was terrible. So, I had these guys for four hours once a week. It took me an average of 10 hours to prep for the class. And it was a real challenge to balance working 10 hours a day in the field, teaching one night at school for four hours, doing all the prep work, and having any time left over for my family. So occasionally on topics I felt I had a pretty good knowledge of, I'd just wing it. And it seemed on every one of those nights that I winged it, I would always get into some sort of heated discussion because I had made a statement that either wasn't 100% correct or I would just skip over a slide because I wasn't familiar with it and I couldn't explain it. And every time I did this, man, let me tell you, they knew how to serve up the crow. And I lost credibility as a leader and as a teacher. And after that happened to me on several occasions, I decided, you know what, I'm going to know all this stuff forwards and backwards. And even though it took a few weeks, luckily the guys gave me the benefit of the doubt. And I became a much better teacher for them. And I learned valuable lessons that I'm not going to know, you know, that I'm not going to know all the answers and I would readily admit it. Then I would ask the guys to help me find the answers and then we would discuss it. I learned that if I could meet them where they were and try to understand the way they were seeing and interpreting things, then I could help them. I actually learned later on that Stephen Covey had coined the principle in the seven habits of the highly effective people as seek first to understand then to be understood now that principle goes back to the old saying that there's a reason God gave us two ears and one mouth listen more and talk less teaching in that program I learned more from my students than they could have ever learned from me both about the trade and about leadership you know there, there's several different levels of leadership that we all have to work through with people. Unfortunately, folks like Mike, they say stuck at that first level. And it's kind of like being stuck in the first grade. You aren't supposed to stay there. I mean, that's why they make those desks so small and they won't fit later on in life, right? You have to climb. 
You know, you got to climb by building relationships with your people, caring about them, developing influence. Leadership is influence. That's it. Nothing more. End of story. It's influence. People who continue to rely on that position are rarely able to influence anyone. People are only going to listen to them because if they don't, they're going to lose their job. People won't go along with people they can't get along with. You know, I mean, if you can't get along with someone, then why would you want to hang out with them? I mean, are you just lonely? Heck, you probably spend have more enjoyment spending time with your pets. But the key to get the key to getting people to go along with you is this. You have to shift your focus from me to we. I'm going to say that again. You have to shift your focus from me to we. You have to ask yourself some questions every day. How can I serve my people? What can I do today to help make their day a success? What do they have going on in their life that I can add value to? What can I do for them that they can never do for themselves? I had a breakfast meeting one morning with a couple of mentors that I had met through the John Maxwell team. And this was just a few months ago. And it was Mike and Rhea's story. They were, they were traveling through my hometown, and I called them and asked if I could pick their brains on how they got started speaking, writing books, coaching, and training. Because this was something I had in my heart that I wanted to do. And as I was listening to Mike tell me his story, and I was taking notes frantically, he just stopped and said, Tim, listen, Rhea and I want to be the spark that lights a fire for you. He said, whether you know it or not, you're ready to do this. You have a story that only you can tell, and there are people that need to hear it from you. He said, I can't reach everyone in the world, and and neither can anyone else. That's why you have to speak. That's why you have to coach. That's why you have to train. That's why you have to share your message. And then he said three words that impacted me more than anything else. He said, Tim, Rhea and I, we believe in you. Wow. <laughs> I mean, that was that was major for me. Major. Mac and Rhea, you know, if you ever listen to this, thank you both. Because that cold February morning, you lit a fire in me that I hadn't been able to get going myself by saying those four words. We believe in you. Wow. I mean, can can you imagine today someone you know, you know, your wife your children, someone you work with, someone that you influence. If you just said those words to them, if you believed in them truly, someone that needs hope, someone that needs encouragement, what an impact that could make in their life, how you could turn their life, how you could turn it around and change it just by saying those four words to them and truly meaning it. I believe in you. You know, Zig Ziglar always asked the question, you know how someone needs encouragement? If they are breathing. 
If they're breathing, they're going to need encouragement. So give them some. I always thought that was pretty cool. I hope this has added some value to you today and, and, and that you've got something that you can put to use today to help you to become a better leader, a better father, a better husband, get better in your career. If we can help your team, we can help you or your organization, then we'd be happy to come alongside you and and help create the best version of yourself or help bring out the best in your leaders. This is Tim Williams. This is Frontline Leadership. And until next time, have a great week.